Do you incorporate composition into your teaching? If you didn't grow up improvising or composing, you may feel intimidated by the prospect of nurturing these skills in your students, but it's never too late to stretch those creative muscles. I think a lot of our insecurity about composing with our students comes from our own unfamiliarity with the process. The truth is creativity thrives with parameters, boundaries, limits. In music, there are lots of parameters that we can set up at the outset of a creative project to help our students be successful. For instance, when I'm improvising with my young students, I might ask them to play in a certain register or use only black keys. I may ask for a specific dynamic level or rhythm pattern. For elementary students, I will ask for a specific five-finger position or key. I might ask for a piece that uses only steps or only skips, a piece in major or minor, something made of blocked chords or broken chord patterns. I might also limit the length of the piece they're creating to a certain number of patterns or phrases. Another way to provide some parameters is to use a particular musical form. In February of this year, I organized a month-long studio-wide composition project based on the 12-bar blues. This form dates back to the 1800s, emerging from the oppression of enslaved African Americans in the U.S. It's based on the three primary chords, one, four, and five, and it lends itself well to repeats or loops and different variations. I got the idea for this project from a session I attended at NCKP last summer, led by Leela Viss and Bradley Sowash. Leela shared how she's structured a blues composition project for her students, and I thought it would be a good way to acknowledge and celebrate Black History Month and incorporate composition for my elementary and intermediate students. Leela also has a podcast episode on blues composition, which I'll link to in the show notes. Today, I'm sharing a behind-the-scenes look at how I organized this project in my studio, how I structured and guided the composition process each week, some blues examples that we studied from the repertoire, and a few of my students' final compositions. I'm Ashley Danu, and you're listening to Field Notes on Music Teaching and Learning. Writing field notes is a way of documenting and processing what we see in the world. This podcast is a collection of creative ideas, practical strategies, and thoughtful observations from the field of music teaching and learning. Here, you'll find creative and pedagogically sound teaching tips, fresh new approaches you can use in your teaching, and insight into a few tried and true systems and creative processes designed to help you do your best work. Let's get started. To begin this project, I outlined a four-week step-by-step sequence in a note on my phone. I thought if we started it at the beginning of February, we could get through the first three weeks of the project before February recess, which would be a good pausing point. In week one, we discussed blues history and memorized the blues progression in each student's designated key. I assigned my students keys based on their level, so level two students composed in G, Level 3 students composed in F, and my intermediate students composed in B-flat, a traditional blues key. With my older students, we discussed the notes of the blues scale. 
For my elementary students, we talked about a blues note in their five-finger scale, and then I gave them an opportunity to improvise using those notes. Here's an example of one student's improvisation in a Zoom lesson. Step three was to choose a theme or inspiration of some kind. I brought in some paint chips and a box of crayons for those looking for color inspiration, and several of my students ended up choosing names like Mermaid Song, Icy Blue, and Out of the Blue, based on this. We determined the different rhythm patterns that could come from those names, and then explored some melody patterns using one, two, flat three, raised three, and five in their designated key. Their assignment that week was to continue experimenting with melody patterns in one, four, and five five-finger positions. In week two, we reviewed their ideas for melody patterns and practiced transposing them to the four and the five. Then we talked about left-hand accompaniment patterns. I gave them a few choices based on their level and accompaniment styles they've experienced in their repertoire pieces. Here are a few examples that we referenced from the repertoire. Rock Around the Block by Sam Holland in Music Tree Part 1. Jazz Blast by the Fabers in Piano Adventures Level 2A. Captain Hook's Rockin' Party by the Fabers in Piano Adventures Level 2B. Black Bear Boogie by Chihua Tan in Circus Sonatinas. Slide Easy by Robert Vandal in Celebrated Jazzy Solos Book 1. Surfboard Boogie by Martha Meir in Jazz Rags and Blues, book one. And the Spider-Man theme, the old school theme song version. A few other popular pieces that use the blues progression that might be fun to listen to when introducing this form to your students include I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For by U2, Stuck in the Middle with You by Steeler's Wheel, and Hound Dog by Elvis. Okay, back to accompaniment patterns. For beginning students, you could create a harmonic accompaniment to go with their melody patterns and turn the piece into a teacher-student duet. For level one students, a single note bass line or simple open fifth for each chord works well. For level two students, a boogie bass with alternating fifths and sixths is fun and not too challenging. For level three students, a walking bass boogie using the root, third, fifth, and sixth offers a little bit more of a challenge. For intermediate students, a walking bass boogie with the addition of the flat seven adds more harmonic interest. Rhythmically, I gave them options of using the quarter note steady beat, straight eighths, swing, or double swing. And you'll hear some of all of these styles in the examples I'll share in a minute. In week three, we talked about adding intros and outros, four bars of music to introduce the 12-bar sequence, and four bars of music to conclude the piece. We talked about reusing material from the melody and trying different octaves for variety. The intro should end on the dominant, either a single note or the chord, and the outro should end on tonic. 
In week four, you can talk about how to expand the composition into a duet or ensemble piece. This would be great for group classes. You could have one student play the bass line with a rhythm of their choice, another student play a boogie bass accompaniment of some kind, and a third student play the melody. One of my students said he wants to keep working on his composition and expand it into piano forehand with percussion because his older brother plays the piano and his best friend is, quote, really good at drums. We talked about how to expand the right hand part of his composition on the treble side of the piano, perhaps doubling the melody in an upper octave, and then taking the left hand part that he had written and expanding that down to the bass side of the piano, perhaps playing the boogie pattern that he had with right hand and then adding a bass line below with some kind of rhythm in the left hand. For most of my students, though, we used week four to make informal recordings. I have six student examples to share with you today. The first was written by a fourth grader, and it's called Darkness Rising. You'll hear an example of melodic variation, looping, or a second time through that 12-bar sequence, a boogie bass accompaniment with fifths, sixths, and sevenths, and unique intro and outro material. The second example, Mermaid Song Blues, was written by a sixth grader. You'll hear melodic variation, register shifts, a boogie bass, and a splash at the end that's similar to the ending of William Gillock's Song of the Mermaid. Boulevard Blues was written by a ninth grader. You'll hear a conversational style between the hands, an improvised sound using the blues scale, based on the student's experience in jazz band at school this year, and the use of space.
Out of the Blue Blues was composed by an eighth grader. You'll hear a melody pattern based on the title, Out of the Blue Blues, a syncopated blocked accompaniment, and melodic variation. Cable Nelson Blues was written by a sixth grader and named after the student's piano. You'll hear a conversational style, the use of space, melodic variation, a comparison of swung eighths versus straight eighths in the outro, and a blocked fifth, sixth, and seventh accompaniment. The final example I want to share with you is called Icy Blues, written by an 11th grader. You'll hear rhythm based on color inspiration, some chordal texture, and a walking boogie bass. This was the first time I've ever organized a studio-wide composition project, and there were a few things I learned or that I would do differently next time. First, I was pleasantly surprised at how different each student's composition ended up being. I have several students right around the same level and composing with the same chord progression, in the same key, with some of the same accompaniment choices, I thought they might end up being more similar to each other. It just goes to show you how much you can do with simple musical building blocks. Second, 
For several students, this project took longer than four weeks. We had a snow day in there that set us back. Some students were involved in the middle school play and missed a lesson or two. And some just needed a little bit more time to sort out their melody patterns or left-hand accompaniment. It was important to me to get an informal audio recording of each piece as a way of documenting the project and also providing the student with a completion goal. I chose this time to not have students notate their compositions because I thought that might hinder their creative process. For some students, it can be daunting to improvise if they know they have to be able to write down all of their ideas. Plus, notating the compositions would have added several additional weeks to the project, which I thought might be challenging with school breaks. All in all, I was really pleased with how this project turned out and how much my students seemed to enjoy the process. Some of them have chosen to play their blues compositions as recital pieces. Some have plans to continue developing their ideas and creating new variations and loops. And I just think it's such a great opportunity for students to express themselves creatively at the piano. I hope this episode inspires you to incorporate a creative project like this into your music teaching in the future. Thanks so much for listening today. For written notes, related links, and more information on today's topic, visit ashleydanu.com slash fieldnotes. You can find me on Instagram at ashleydanu. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much if you'd subscribe and leave a review in Apple Podcasts. This will help others discover this content in the future. Plus, I'd love to hear what you like about the show and if there's anything specific you'd like to hear in the future. Again, thanks so much for tuning in today. See you next time.